Section 29 of A Brief History of Forestry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Brief History of Forestry by Bernard Fernow. United States of America. 1. Forest Conditions. The great and exuberant republic of the United States, vast in extent and rich in natural resources generally, excelled and still excels in extent, importance, and value of her timber resources, and having only lately begun to inaugurate rational forest policies, promises to become of all-absorbing interest to foresters. The marvelous growth of the nation, which from three million in 1780 had attained to a population of 76 million in 1900, and by the last census numbered around 92 million people, has been the wonder of the world by reason of its rapid expansion. And yet the limit is far from being reached. Annually some three-quarters of a million or more immigrants from all parts of the world arrive, and there is still room and comfortable living for at least another 100 million, if the resources are properly treated. The large land area of nearly two billion acres, over three million square miles, is undoubtedly the richest contiguous domain of such size in the world, located most favorably with reference to trade by virtue of a coastline of over 20,000 miles and diversified in climate so as to permit the widest range of production. While a simple mathematical relation would make the population at present about 31 to the square mile, such a statement would give an erroneous conception of economic conditions, for the distribution of the population is most uneven, a condition which must eventually diversify the application of forestry methods in different parts of the country. In Massachusetts and Rhode Island combined, for instance, the density of population is 428 to the square mile, exceeding that of the similar-sized state of Württemberg in Germany while in the neighboring state of maine it is not twenty-five the atlantic coast states south of south carolina a territory slightly larger than germany show about half and the central agricultural states about one-third the density of that densely populated country on the other hand some of the western states montana wyoming nevada arizona and new mexico have less than three to the square mile Similar unevenness is found in the distribution of resources, especially of timber wealth, and to some extent, at least, the present populational distribution is explained by the uneven distribution of farm soils and timber. Outside of the unorganized territory of Alaska and the disenfranchised district of Columbia, the country is divided into 46 states and two territories, which will eventually acquire statehood. In addition, there are a number of insular possessions under the direct control of the federal government, each state being under the Constitution sovereign in itself as far as its internal administration is concerned. It is evident that no uniformity of policies can be expected, except so far as initiativeness in which the American citizen excels may lead state after state to repeat the experiment attempted by one. The federal government has no direct jurisdiction in matters concerning the management of resources within the states, except so far as it still owns land in the western, so-called public land states, 
and a few parcels in the eastern states over which it still retains jurisdiction the severest test of democratic institutions is experience when the attempt is made to establish a policy which shall guard the interests of the future at the expense of the demands and needs of the present democracy produces attitudes and characteristics of the people which are inimical to stable economic arrangements looking to the future such as are implied in a forest policy the vast country with an unevenly distributed and heterogeneous population presents the greatest variety of natural as well as of economic conditions the immediate interests of one section naturally do not coincide with those of other sections particularistic and individualistic tendencies of the true democrat are antagonistic to anything which smacks of paternalism the attitude under which alone a persistent far-sighted policy can thrive frequent change of administration or at least the threat of such change impedes consistent execution of plans fickle public opinion may subvert at any time well-laid plans which take time in maturing the true democratic doctrine of restricting state activity to police functions and the doctrine of non-interference with private rights as well as the idea of state rights in opposition to federal power and authority all these characteristics of a democratic government are impediments to a concerned action and stable policy that in spite of these antagonistic interests conditions and doctrines substantial progress toward establishing at least a federal forest policy has been made is due to the fact that the american in spite of his reputation as a materialistic selfish opportunist is really an idealist that he responds readily to patriotic appeals that in spite of his rabid nationalism he is willing to learn from the experiences of other nations that indeed he is anxious to be educated finally much credit is due to the men who with single purpose devoted their lives to the education of their fellow-citizens in this direction it must to be sure be added that remarkable changes in the political attitude of the people have taken place in the last thirty years since the propaganda of forestry began changes partly perhaps induced by that propaganda which have aided this movement and which if they persist promise much for the future development of forest policies a decidedly paternalistic if not socialistic attitude has lately been taken by the federal government and by skillful construction of the constitution as regards the right to regulate interstate relations has led to an expansion of federal power in various directions a similar paternalistic attitude has developed in the legislatures of several states to a noticeable degree even the judiciary has taken up this new spirit and is ready to sanction interference with private property rights to a degree which a decade ago would have been denounced as undemocratic and tyrannical two courts have lately ruled that owners of timberlands may be restricted without compensation as regards the size of trees they may fell on their property if the welfare of the state demands such interference the argument of the roman doctrine utere tuo ne alterum noceas which forestry propagandists have so strenuously used seems finally to have found favor and the inclusion of the community at large present and future 
as the possibility damaged party does not appear any more strained the idea of the providential function of governments as the writer has called it seems to have taken hold of the people the democratic doctrine of state rights and restriction of government functions has even among democrats been weakened through the long continued reign of the republican party the party of centralizing tendencies to such an extent that the latest democratic platform of a presidential campaign nineteen o eight outdid the republican platform in centralizing and paternalistic propositions it is proper to emphasize the growth of this socialistic attitude as it is bound to influence and influence favorably the further development of forest policies nevertheless it is still necessary to keep in mind that the states are autonomous and that while the federal government in spite of the antagonism in the western states in which the public lands are situated has been able to change its land policy from that of liberal disposal to one of reservation it alone cannot save the situation while a few of the states have made beginnings in working out a policy to arrest the destruction of their forest resources which are mostly in private hands still much water must flow down the mississippi before adequate measures will be taken to stave off the threatening timber famine and the energy of the various local and national conservation associations will need to be exercised to the utmost forest conditions three extensive mountain systems running north and south give rise to at least eight topographic subdivisions of the country going from east to west one the narrow belt of level coast and hill country along the atlantic shore from one hundred to two hundred miles in width with elevations up to one thousand feet but especially low along the sea coast from virginia south drained by short rivers navigable only for short distances from the mouth a farming country with the soils varying from the rich to the poorest some three hundred thousand square miles two the appalachian mountain country nearly of the same width as the first section with elevations up to five thousand feet the watershed of all the rivers to the atlantic of several rivers to the gulf and of the eastern affluence of the mississippi a mountain country of about three hundred and sixty thousand square miles extent rich in coal iron and other minerals except in its northern extension formed of archaean rock three the great river basin of the mississippi a central plain of glacial and river deposit rising gradually from the gulf to the headwaters for more than twelve hundred miles and nowhere over one thousand feet above sea level the richest agricultural section seven hundred thousand square miles more or less in extent four the plateau rising toward the rocky mountains from one thousand to five thousand feet above sea level some eight hundred and seventy thousand square miles in extent a region of scanty rainfall hence of prairie and plain but mostly rich soil of undetermined depth capable of prolific production where sufficient water supply is available five the rocky mountain region rising from five thousand to near ten thousand feet except some higher peaks an arid to semi-arid district of rugged ranges covered mostly with forest growth often open and of inferior kind 
with tillable soils in the narrow valleys requiring irrigation for farm use a mining country rich in gold and silver extending over one hundred and fifty thousand square miles six the sierra nevada mountain range including the coast range rarely over seven thousand feet elevation arid to semi-arid on the eastern slopes humid and supporting magnificent forest growth on the western slope some one hundred and ninety thousand square miles seven the interior basin lying between the two preceding mountain ranges some four hundred thousand square miles for the most part a desert although in part supporting a stunted growth of pinon and juniper and where irrigation is possible productive eight the interior valleys of the sierra comprising about thirty thousand square miles which under irrigation have become the garden spots of the pacific to these topographical subdivisions correspond in part the climatic and the forest conditions although variation of soil and of northern and southern climate produce further differentiation in types and in distribution of field and forest the first three sections are originally densely wooded the great atlantic forest region but farms now occupy most of the arable portions the fourth and seventh are forestless if not treeless while the fifth and sixth were more or less forested the pacific coast region floristically also these topographic conditions are reflected namely in the wide north and south distribution of species unimpeded by intervening mountain ranges and in the change in composition from east to west the two grand floristic divisions of the atlantic and the pacific forest having but few species in common are separated by the plains and prairies the atlantic forest is in the main composed of broadleaf leaves with conifers intermixed which latter only under the influence of soil conditions form pure stands as in the extensive pineries of the south and north and in the northern swamps and on southern mountain tops the central region west of the alleghanies exhibits little conifer growth in its composition and is most widely turned to farm use white pine hemlock and spruce are the important coniferous staples of the northern section and a number of yellow pine species with old cypress and red cedar are the valuable conifer species in the south as regards valuable hardwoods there is but little change from north to south the pacific forest flora is almost entirely coniferous but here also climatic conditions permit a distinction of two very different forest regions the rocky mountain forest being mostly of rather inferior development and the sierra forest exhibiting the most magnificent tree growth in the world nearly half the country is forestless grassy prairie and plain some four hundred million acres being of the latter description while open prairie and bush forest or wasteland occupy six hundred million acres within the forest region of the east some two hundred and fifty million acres have been turned into farms leaving still two-thirds of the area either under woods or else wasted by fire although any reliable data regarding this acreage are wanting the area of really productive woodland in this section may probably be set down as not exceeding three hundred million acres 
which would be nearly forty per cent of the total area varying from thirteen per cent in the central agricultural states to fifty per cent in the southern states maine new hampshire and arkansas being most densely wooded with over sixty per cent the rocky mountain and sierra forests each with one hundred million acres would bring the total productive woodland area to a round five hundred million acres or about twenty six per cent of the whole later estimates including brushlands of doubtful productive capacity increase this area to five hundred and fifty million acres it is almost idle to attempt an estimate of the timber still standing ready for the axe not only are the data for such an estimate too scanty but standards of what is considered merchantable change continuously and vitiate the value of such estimates the writer's own estimate made some years ago of two thousand five hundred billion feet which by others has been treated as authoritative and forming a basis for predicting the time of a timber famine and which was lately sustained by an extensive official inquiry must nevertheless be considered only as a reasonable guess ventured for the purpose of accentuating the need of more conservative treatment of these exhaustible supplies in comparison with the consumption which represents around forty five billion feet b m and altogether twenty three billion cubic feet of forest grown material and the ultimate value of all forest products reaching the stupendous sum of around one thousand two hundred and fifty million dollars and as in other countries this lavish consumption of forest growth from five to fifteen times that of europeans has shown in the past a per capita increase of thirty per cent for every decade the bulk of the standing timber is to be found along the pacific coast and the sierra and in the southern states with their extensive pineries the northern and eastern sections are within measurable time of the end of their virgin supplies of saw timber the practice of culling the most valuable species has changed the composition and their regeneration making it inferior and large areas have been rendered worthless by fires the loss of fire the bane of american forests as far as loss in material is concerned probably does not exceed two or three per cent of the consumption and may be valued at say twenty five million dollars per annum but the indirect damage to forest and soil changing the composition bearing the soil and exposing it to erosion and washing turning fertile lands into waste and brooks and rivers into torrents is incalculable there is no doubt that at the present rate of consumption the bulk of the virgin supplies will be used up in a measurable time which will force a reduction in the use of wood materials a more or less severe timber famine is bound to appear indeed has already begun to make its appearance and all recuperative measures will not suffice to stave it off although they may shorten the time of its duration End of section 29